Well, good morning. So uh, we are in a series called Life Altering Prayer. Life Altering Prayer. And actually, we're in the fourth week, the last week today. Okay? And, and so in the first three weeks, we were looking at the who that we're praying to. Who is this God and what's he like? And and so we walked through his character in three aspects. We looked at the love of God, the amazing, unbelievable love of God that we cannot be separated from. If we trust in Christ as our Savior, he is ours for eternity and we are his for eternity. Amen? And the love of God, like the, everything starts there. God is love. And so the love of God, the second one that we looked at was the wisdom of God. As we walk through Psalm 139, he knows everything. So God, in his love, he wants the best, but in his wisdom, he doesn't just want it. He also knows what it is. He knows what's best. And when God's love and God's wisdom come together, we've got a great opportunity to be worshiping him and to be uh, really lifted up in that midst of our tough times or whatever it may be because he does know exactly what's needed. Uh, But it's more than that. He doesn't just know what's best or or want what's best. He also is able to deliver the best. And last week we looked at God's power that no matter what it is you're going through, think of the solution that would be there. God's got something bigger. Bigger something greater, something more amazing on the horizon for you and for us. God's love, God's wisdom, God's power. That's the who that we're praying to. And and I'm telling you, like we said this last week, you won't lean on something or someone unless you think they can take your weight. You know what I'm saying? And so that's why we started with the who of God. Let's make sure we grasp that he is everything. And we can so trust in him. And so that's where we went. Now that's the who. Great. Today we're going to be covering the how. Okay. We're moving from who to how. And uh, so as we move from who to how, we thought what better place to stop than with the great teacher of all teachers, Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus was talking to his disciples and he had an answer for them. Their question was how? How do I pray? In fact, they asked very few questions of how. Did you know that? They rarely asked how. But on prayer, they asked it profusely. Like, help us understand how we should be approaching the almighty throne of God. So before we get going, just a thought here. A quote. Satan does not care how many people read about prayer. If only he can keep them from praying. Let that settle. Let's not try to pass a quiz on prayer after today. Let's be fired up to pray. Like we're talking about life-altering prayer. Let's make sure as we move through today, literally now, get your mind set, get your heart set. Like I want to be able to walk out of here today with something or some couple of things that are going to rock my prayer life. God, I'm ready. What does it need to be? So I have one question for you. Are you ready? Okay, that's not ready enough. Are you ready? It's time for some life-altering prayer. Lord, how do we pray? Turn with me, if you will, to Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. we got the ushers coming forward. They've got Bibles in their hands, so if you need a Bible, just raise your hand. They'll get one to you. We're just going to walk verse by verse through this, okay? So if you need a Bible, raise your hand. They'll get one to you. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. How do we pray? First step, uh, be real. Don't pray for show. Pray for who you get to know. Okay, be real. Don't pray for show, pray for who you get to know. Now Jesus starts out here when he says, hey, you want to know how to pray? I'm going to teach you first with two nots. Okay, so he goes into two negatives. We're going to start out with that here uh, in verse 5. He says, and when you pray, you must uh, not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Notice it says, and when, not if, 
Like it's expected that we're moving to prayer at different times in our life and, and regularly we're going to find out. It's expected that prayer is a huge part of our spiritual walk with God Almighty. Not when, or not if, but when. Make sure it's a part of your daily life. So in when you pray, when you communicate, when you talk with the almighty living relational God, that's what prayer means, to take a moment and spend time with the relational living God of the universe. And when you do that, when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. You must not be like the hypocrites. Now, this word hypocrite, we all know the word. We've heard it, right? It means you you say one thing, but you do another, right? Or your, your outsides don't match your insides, that kind of thing, right? Uh, just so you know, this uh, word in the original language uh, meant actor. It was actually comes from a term they used for the people on stage that would be acting out a play. Like, yeah, that might be who you are up there, but that's not who you really are. Okay, that's what he's saying. Don't be like them. Don't be like the ones who are showing something publicly but really don't have it going on inside. Don't be like the hypocrites. Well, who are they? They love. Okay, they don't just like it. They don't just desire it at some levels. They love it. Like it's, it's really important to them. They really desire above everything else to be standing and praying in the synagogue and on the street corner. Like, help me be public with it. I want to talk to God. I wonder where I can go where people will see me. Are you hearing it? Like, I want to make sure that when I somehow am voicing words that are headed towards God, in reality, what I'm doing is I'm going like this. Dear Heavenly Father. Right, I got a little tension. Praying to you now. Right? Like, who's watching me? And, and, and that's not what prayer is about. It's not horizontal what human beings respect me a little more because they see when I pray or how I pray or what words I use when I pray. It's not about the horizontal at all. In fact, when we're praying and we get cognizant or aware of the horizontal, we're missing it. We're starting to drift. We might even be getting a whisper from Satan. Stop listening to that. It's not about who's around you and what they're thinking of you. It's who is God. And how, what do I have to share with them and be with them about? Okay? Prayer. Don't be like the hypocrites. Don't be like the ones who are demonstrating it publicly. What's their main goal? It says right here, that they may be seen by others. That they may be seen by others. Their goal is just the horizontal. In fact, he says right after it, truly I say to you, they have received their reward. Ouch. Like, I'm telling you, your goal is to be seen? Fine. You're seen. That's what God's saying. You want to make sure that you get seen? Well, then then you've got that. You went after it, and you achieved it. That's a really sad achievement, but you can have that. He's saying the reward that you've got, well, it's strictly tied to what your goal was. And if your goal was just to be recognized by human beings, go ahead and take that. Jesus is now talking to the disciples, but when you pray... He's now talking to the believers, right? He's saying, look, you guys who are following after me and following after God Almighty, when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Now, he's really speaking something revolutionary here because the the practice was to go public. That's what it was all about. And he's like, I'm telling you, the religious guys don't have it right. And so he's really saying, look, you want to learn how to pray? Don't look over there. Don't do that. Look here. I got a different message. Just go in private and pray. And hang on. Is this saying that we're not supposed to pray publicly? Like, did Pastor Mike just sit? He he prayed publicly. Should he have not done that? And like, that's not what it means here. Notice it says that you might be seen by others, right? If your goal is strictly to be recognized by humanity, please knock it off. But if your goal is to come before God, I mean, what does Matthew chapter 18, verse 20 say? Hey, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. Like God loves the gathering of his people who are worshiping him. Let's not steal that away and make it about me. I hope you can see me in the midst of this and think highly of me. And let's be careful with that. All right. The challenge here is to be real. Let's make sure that our inside matches our outside. 
In other words, let's make sure that what we go after truly honors God. You know, it's a, it's a great privilege for us to be able to talk with him and to share with him and to be real with him. Jesus is like, that can be really abused. I got another one for you. So step number two, keep it simple and honest. Keep it simple and honest. Okay? Notice what he says. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not heap up empty phrases. In fact, this really probably implies the the repetition of some word or set of words over and over and over and over that you might be heard, okay? The, the constant rote repetition of a same phrase is not what God is getting after, okay? Like he's not saying, pray to me. So here's the magic mantra. Just say these nine words. Say them repeatedly until somehow you've entered another level of relationship with me. Okay. Now, some of you are looking at me like you're kidding me. People actually try that. And I'm telling you, it's kind of going around. Be careful. Prayer is not quoting something over and over and over until you lose your mind and you're not actually thinking anymore. And somehow there's some other level of connecting going on. Prayer is when you are really deciding to really share of yourself and God almighty interacting with you in that it's being real. It's being simple. It's being honest. Okay. Notice he says here, uh, make sure that you are not using these empty phrases or heaping them up. In fact, he goes on, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Okay, prayer, it doesn't mean that it has to be long. In fact, long can be very bad, okay? If long is long just to be long, stop being long, okay? Have you ever prayed with people who pray long just to pray long? Do you know what I'm talking about? Okay, be real with me. Do you know what I'm talking about? Me too. Okay. And so you're praying with people who love to pray long. And after a while, you find yourself doing this. You know what I'm saying? Because really, time seems to be what it's all about. Like, if I can just make this thing go on and on and on, and so I may not even be saying anything different right now, and it's, you know, whatever I'm asking for, I, I'm finding like 19 different ways to ask it, and I just seem to be repeating it over and over and over again, and, and maybe because of my length, I'll get it out there and, and, and hear me. Somehow, we all have heard the story of the woman banging on the door as a reference to prayer, and so somehow we want to try to become that, but we miss out on the prayer we're going to be looking at today. The sincere relationship and connection. And so we're going after this rote pounding as if that's going to somehow twist God's arm. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. That's not the goal of prayer. Okay. Let's not just go into something with long words in mind. In fact, short can be good. Be direct. Say what you're saying. It's okay. Now, at the same time, we're talking about, you know, an interaction and a relationship. And, and can you imagine if you were talking to somebody and they're like, so, hey, how did it go with your wife last night out on that uh, kind of dinner date? It was good. I had five things to say to her and I said them. Like we sat down to dinner. And I'm like, hon, I think you look great. I really appreciate what you're doing. You look awesome. Okay. Really, you look good. And hey, I appreciate what you did for me with dinner last night. Thank you very much. Okay. That's adoration and thanks. Okay. Sorry. Sorry that I really doesn't, I wasn't quite there for you in a few things. I know yesterday I wasn't really helpful and you ended up having to do the lawn. Sorry about that. I I apologize. And, uh, hey, one thing I could use from you (laughs) would be this. We're done. Check, please. Right. And you're like, dude, that was a loser date. Right. That is not how you warm up to somebody relationally. And yet somehow that's how we pray to God. God, I think you're awesome. Really amazing. Thanks for the cross. And, 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 and thank you for what you did yesterday in my life. That's it. OK. And confess, Lord, I'm sorry. There's so many things that I haven't done right. And please forgive me for the words that I and, and hey, a little help here. Good talking to you. That's prayer. I can just tell you. While acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, that's a great way to think about prayer. Uh, don't make it this, this four-banger shot that takes nine minutes and you're out of there and like for the rest of the day you're doing your own thing and like that's not a relationship with God Almighty. And may we really spend some time and, and notice he says here, be careful that the words aren't many. Be careful that we're not just talking rotely. It, very, be very careful though. It does say empty phrases. It's great to spend time 
and and if it's a prolific amount of time, but you're being very real the whole time, and it's not empty phrases, you're digging deep into where you're at with him, and that's great. That's power prayer. Make sure your phrases are chocked full with reality. Notice it says, do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Your father knows what you need before you even ask him. Look, hey, when we come to God, how many times do we approach God in prayer and we're like, uh, Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray that you could help uh, so-and-so. They have this and this and this going on. And God's like, really? I didn't know that. Somebody get on that. You know, is that where God's at? I, I, why do we pray that way? We pray as if somehow God needs to be informed and we're the informant. It's like we're the great knowing ones, you know? Like, oh, I've discovered something, Lord, that that you need to hear from me. Right? And he's saying, no, the Father knows Already, Make sure you realize as you're coming to him, he already has it in hand. He knows and he gets it. So we're coming for a whole different reason than to inform him. We're coming for a reason of relating to him and trusting in him. More to come on that. We're going to get there. All right. God Almighty gives us a great opportunity to relate to him. So let's just summarize in these first two points here. Five things that life-altering prayer is not. Five things that life-altering prayer is not. It is not public show. It's not just praying in public. So one little question on that. Do you ever pray privately? I mean, some do. And many are like, yeah, I do. And, And many are like, well, I pray at dinner and I pray at church and I'll pray at the impact group when they ask us to go around and pray. And I guess maybe I don't pray in private too much. And let's start it out because I'm telling you life altering prayer is a daily relationship with God Almighty not just waiting till it's public okay it's not just public show number two it's not wordy to win God you know what I mean it's not just long-winded it's not many many words and and all that stuff just to win God it's not wordy to win God number three it's not sophisticated it doesn't mean you have to come in and like hey did you get the prayer journal 101 and 201 There's some magic words you have to use with God, some deep theological words, and if you don't know them, he doesn't even know what you're talking about. He's like, I'm sorry, what's the word? It's got three syllables, not one. That's not God, right? Don't worry about the theological depth or the significance of the words you're using. Just be real, okay? It's not required to be sophisticated. Some people are like, I've studied theology a lot. It just rolls off my tongue. Great, then pray that. You're being real. But don't try to hunt for what sounds good. Have you ever heard somebody say that? They're a good prayer. Have you ever heard that? They're a good prayer. You may have even thought it. Wow. They're so eloquent when they pray. Right? And be careful. Good prayer is sincere prayer. And the end. Okay? All right. So public show. Wordy to win God. Sophisticated. Last or fourth one. Long to win God. Like many, many words. My goal is now to pray for an hour. I have six minutes of things to say, so I will repeat them nine times. Right? That, that's not what it's all about. It's not finding some magic mantra and going over and over and over it for the hopes that God will finally listen to you. Have you ever had a child come up and say, Could I have a popsicle? 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 This never happened to me. Could I have a popsicle? Could I have a popsicle? Hun, I've heard you. I know what you want. Not right now. We're going to hold on for a little bit. Could I have a popsicle? Could I have a popsicle? Could I have a popsicle? How many times is that our prayer? And we're like, this isn't very life-altering. I don't know. I'm not sure what's wrong with this prayer, but it just doesn't work. Maybe we need to be listening a little more and hearing from him. It's communication. It's not just banging on a door repeatedly until he finally twists and gives us what we want. Okay? I'm on my soapbox. All right. Long to win God. All right, number five, selfish. How many times do we actually somehow, in the name of coming before the Almighty, dump me world? And it's all about me. And, and, and you're not going to find that very life-altering. Lord, here's what I want. And here's what I demand. And here's what I ask. And here's what I think. And this is what I, and what I, and what I, and what I. And be careful. Prayer is, you're in charge, God. Uh, that type of prayer that we just described, those five elements, that's hollow. It's empty. It's sinful expression with God on the receiving end. Not very life-altering. 
so many times we execute prayer and we're like, I don't know, I was talking and it didn't change me. I don't think prayer works. Well, how should we pray? Glad you asked. So step number three here starts out with Jesus saying, pray like this, okay? So number one is worship him and bring him praise. Worship him and bring him praise. Notice it says, pray then like this. Pray then like this. Not pray this, but pray like this. Do you know the difference? Right, so pray this means don't think of any other words. Use these words. Okay, pray like this. These are categories that are being delivered. These are headlines to be thought of. And we're going to put words in based on the experience that we're having in that moment, in that day. And we're going to fit underneath the headline what's going on in our lives. And so make it real and make it apply to you. And and Lord, these are suggested guidelines of where to start. And I'm going to try to be real with you in these categories. That's what Jesus is saying. Pray like this. Okay. And so what's the first thing we do? We're like, oh. A prayer. So we'll name the prayer. It's called the Our Father. All right? And, and so now is let's everybody pray it together. And now everywhere we go, we're like, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed by thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Right? And now we're starting to pray that nine times. Wait a minute. Isn't that like praying empty words repeatedly over and over and over again? Didn't we just miss the mark? Be careful. Don't use this prayer to violate the thing that came right before it. It's not just repeat the words over and over and over that you might twist an arm. It's not just trying to please him in some way because you've quoted his words. Jesus, they're in red. So I said them back to you. I thought that would be a good thing. Like, it's not bad to say these words that are in here either. Hear me on that. These are great words, okay? They're Jesus' words. They're good choice. But make sure they align with where you're at. And if you want to find something different and deep in what's going on in you between you and God, then share that underneath this category, all right? So the first category is worship him and bring him praise, right? That's this point number three. Notice it says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's how he starts out. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let's just break it down now. R, O-U-R. A little word, but it means collectively all of us, right? Like the many of us. He's talking to the disciples who are believers and followers. Look, the bottom line is we share a father. We are siblings if we trust in Christ. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. If you believe in Jesus as your personal Savior, if you've asked him to use his shed blood to replace what you owe, if you're trusting in him and running with him and letting him be your God, you're saved. And you have many brothers and sisters who have done the same. And so hear me on this. There are some places and some churches and some people who are like, I want to strip that name from you. And, uh, and they don't have that right. Your name is brother and sister and welcome home. We are a family. Amen. And that's the way it goes. And we don't put stipulation on that. God does. And he says, we're all brothers and sisters. Our father, our father. And so just so you know, this word father, it actually is a word in the original language that means daddy. It means Daddy, like what a little child would say as they raise their hands up and say they want to be picked up. Daddy, would you pick me up? Right? It's that kind of daddy. And so picture this now. Jesus is talking to the disciples. Most of them are Jewish and and, in nature here. So they've come from this this experience that says, you know, don't use the name of God. Because you might misuse it, and then you've taken his name in vain. And and so don't use this name, Yahweh, that means I am. It's his personal name. You might miss. So just throw some other name in there, like Lord. Like keep it at a distance. Make sure you don't misuse it. Keep him high and lifted up. There's this very otherness to God that they've been practicing for their life. It's been going on for centuries in Judaism. And Jesus is like, I want you to understand this is how you should pray. Hey, Dad. Okay, the disciples' response had to be nothing less than this. (gasps) Like, I'm horrified. What did he just do? That's so flippant. You seriously are going to approach the God of the universe with, Hey, Dad, are you kidding me? That's that's what it was. It was a big, shocking moment of, (gasps) Go ahead and try it with me. Ready? (gasps) Okay, ready? Now you're set up, so I need that response. Jesus said, pray like this. Our Father, now you got it. 
All right. It's like go to him just saying, hey, dad, that's what he's saying. Now, isn't that disrespectful? Hang on. It's about to do something in heaven. Like you rule over everything. Your throne is over everything. You are the almighty king. I'm amazed with who you are. I'm in awe of what you do. Thank you for being who you are. King and daddy. Like that's how we approach him. Our father in heaven. Get the close, warm, relational and the vast authoritative over everything. Daddy. In heaven. Literally, just, hey, Dad. That's how we're to come to Him. What an amazing privilege He gives us to approach Him with our prayer. Now, some of you are going, Father, seriously? That's the metaphor that you're going to use to try to make clear who God is. Like, I'm just telling you, my dad, not that good of a dad. And to say that God is a father, I'm like, great, that really says a lot for me. And and so here's one thing I would request. Uh, I'm sad and sorry that you've gone through a hurtful time. And, and, and let's just be careful that we don't now take what a human being has done in failing and turn around and throw that on God and say, you must be like that. Let's turn it the other way around. We have God who is perfect in love and wisdom and power. And, and if somebody's come up short then let's just let it sit there that they're the one who's come up short. But my God is the unbelievably perfect expression of fatherhood. And may our fathers learn to do that. Hey, if you're a dad, if you're a father in this body, take a look at God the Father and make sure you're living him out in your home. Make sure you're acting and reacting like the father of the universe that your kids can literally be able to say, oh, I know what a father is. Uh, My dad rocks and live that way, that they're lifted up, that they're protected, but that they also see what it looks like to live towards holiness and righteousness. Make that balance in your home where God Almighty is reflected through you. It really helps kids growing up to grasp who God is. If you're wrestling with the fatherhood, try to set down the failure of dad and look at the vastness and awesomeness of God the Father. It is amazing who he is. All right? Our Father, who is in heaven, your throne is over all, you, you're absolutely awesome, your beauty is amazing, okay? Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed, it's, it's a word that means uh, holy or honored or lifted up or praised. Like, may your name be praised. And we praise someone's name, that means we're really saying, thanks for being you, okay? Especially in the Jewish community, the name tied to the person said everything about who they were or were intended to be, okay? The name said a lot about the person. So if you're praising the name, you're praising the person. And, and let's make sure we remember that as we say, God, you're awesome, and, and I worship you for who you are. And, and then think of places and ways that you've encountered him and remember him for that. Your fame, your greatness, how you work with me. That's what this is all about. A sincere, personal worship of how God's at work in your life. Okay? You know, we preached a series here. Actually, it was the first series that I preached when I came down here to Harvest Peoria. So it was back in October of 2008. It was called Signature of the Almighty. And we talked about the names of God in the Old Testament. We went through six different names. Great series to go back and listen to if you're thinking, I don't really know the names of God. I'm not really sure what I should even look for. And go back and listen to that October series a couple years ago, 2008. We just walked through a few. I'll just throw some out here for you, though, real quick. Uh, His name, the I Am comes from Exodus chapter 3. We've heard about it a lot in here. We preach it a lot. I am. It means from eternity past to eternity future, nothing changes in me. I exist without dependence upon anybody. I am the Almighty. God Almighty, the I am. Uh, Moses found that out at the burning bush, Exodus chapter 3, and that name was used throughout the rest of the Old Testament. Uh, Another one, Jehovah Jireh. I am provides. Right. This was in Genesis 22 with Abraham and Isaac. I am provides. This is where Abraham is supposed to take Isaac and sacrifice him, but then God provides the ram. And he's like, God is awesome. He provides. And we're supposed to learn through that. We have a God who provides for us the cross and his sacrifice for us. I am provides 
God, thank you for your provision. I am is our righteousness. Comes out of Jeremiah 23. I am is our righteousness. He talks about the fact that your righteousness covers and clothes me. It's not my righteousness that has to stand before you. You clothe me with your righteousness. That's how awesome you are. And that's what salvation's all about is, is he pays the price at Calvary and then allows his righteousness to be counted to us. I am is our righteousness. God's names. They give a great insight as to what he's doing for us. Uh, just one last one I put here. I am is uh, peace. Jehovah Shalom. I am his peace. Gideon found this out. Judges chapter 6. And and God, you are my peace, right? We find out in Romans chapter 5 that through Jesus Christ, we can have peace with God. We have an unbelievable forgiveness opportunity through Christ and what he's done for us. God, you are my peace. Know the names of God. Be able to come to him and thank him for what he's doing for you. Celebrate who he is. Hallowed be your name. Okay? You know, this past week we uh, we did a Father's Day, and uh, uh, you're like, you guys are way off track, man. Get your calendar set up, and so we couldn't really do it on a Sunday uh, that that uh, Hallmark decided. So uh, my family actually recognized that that didn't happen, and and uh, so they just privately decided. I didn't know anything about it. It was a secret. They popped it on me on Thursday there. That uh, Thursday night became uh, the Harkness Father's Day. And uh, so they just, they'd written a nice little card up and each of them wrote some things on it. And, you know, just some nice statements about our relationship together, me and each one of them. And, and we had uh, Giordano's Pizza. We had a great couple of friends who dropped off a Giordano's Pizza for us. And so we're diving into the bubblegum cheese of Giordano's Pizza and eating that thing and laughing and joking together. And, and uh, we ended up doing some traveling around, tripping around together. I forgot something at the office I had to go get. We all went together and uh, no cell phones allowed, not going to be interrupted during this and and i'm telling you it was just a sweet time as we played games together okay shoots and ladders it was like retro you know let's go back to like when you were three and then we're playing shoots and ladders and of course i lost again i don't know how i lose that game every time but whatever so we just played together we spent time together we laughed together they shared some thoughts that they had and just getting a hug or a statement of thanks dad for being thanks for what you do with i'm telling you it warms your heart. That's who God is. He's just waiting for that moment in time where you just celebrate with him, just spending time with him. Hey, Dad, you're awesome. Thanks for your amazing with. Just spend time with your dad regularly, your heavenly dad, and let him know how much you care for him and you love him. All right? That's what it looks like to worship and praise him. Next one. Uh, seek his will, not your own. Seek his will, not your own. It says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, like your kingdom, like you're the king of the universe, and you have a kingdom that's going to reign over all. You will return. And I am trusting in you as King Almighty to be returning. Your kingdom will be coming. And I am so thrilled that Jesus is going to reign over all. Amen? Hey, your kingdom come. Your will be done. If you're the king of the universe and your kingdom is coming, maybe your will should be what's done here. Your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Notice, as it is. Like, in heaven, God says it, it's done. God knows what's right. God understands what's right. He is all love, all wisdom, all power. He's like, this is where we're at it. And everybody everywhere in heaven is like, done. I'm telling you, the greatness of heaven is that God Almighty's in charge of everything. And there is deep joy and deep satisfaction. There is total fulfillment as the almighty king of the universe speaks and directs and leads. And the tragedy, the chaos, the pain, that comes when God's not in charge. So our prayer, uh, may your will be done here in chaos land like it's done in heaven. Perfection. Lord, may your will be what I'm listening to and hearing and responding to. May your will be where we're headed. Lord, I just want to pray the way you pray. Remember Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, Lord, take this cup from me. That would be a nice thing. Stop this pain, please. If we don't have to go down this path, then let's not. But not my will be done, 
may your will be done. That's our prayer. If you pray that way, I am constantly and repeatedly, I'll let you know where I'm at. I'm going to inform you of what my narrowed singular perspective is. Look, from my little spot in the universe, I see it like this. And and so I was thinking, but where I'm wrong, fine. Your will be done. You're awesome, God, and I trust in you. Your love, your wisdom, your power, totally trusting in you. What do you want done in this situation? I'm totally willing to put everything in your hands. I count on you. Hey, let me just say it this way. We talked about the ACTS acronym, and and let's just set that aside. Here's a heart goal for prayer. I'm just going to put it this way. Rap, R-A-P, rap, okay? Now, for some of you who are 45 and up, I said rap, and you're like, ooh, tomato basil? Or, or, you know, like you're thinking food, right? And if you're in your teens and 20s, I said rap, and you're like, yeah, man, like give me a rap now, a little rhythm with the, right? I'm not talking about either of those. All right. So rap, R-A-P, are you ready? R, relate. Your heart's goal in prayer is to relate. A, align. Like, Lord, you've got a plan, and you're in charge, and what do I need to do to come underneath your will? I hear you. What do you want done? Relate, align, and then the last one is power, Lord. May you empower me. May you bring your power to bear in my life that I might be changed and where I'm falling short and needing assistance, may I lean on you. May you bring me right to where you need me because you know what's best. You know, I think back, do you remember this in the movie, It's a Wonderful Life? In the moment where George Bailey's, I never, this is just right in the moment here, I didn't think of this yesterday, but when uh, he says he's struggling with what to do and he looks at a sign and it says, uh, got a question or a problem? Ask dad. Right? He sees that sign and it's, that's what prayer is. It's not, I want something, I'm going to go pound on the door to get it, I'm going to manipulate you to give me what I want. It's, Lord, you know best, I'm trusting in you, I'm asking you, I'm counting on you, but your will be done. Look, I've heard this said a lot. If God is sovereign, like he knows what he's doing and he's going to go do it anyway, then why pray? And I would answer it like this. Well, because God is sovereign. Like he knows everything. He knows where it's going. He knows what's going on. He knows what's taking place. You think you might want a little tip from him? Maybe it's time to spend some time with him. Lord, shape me. What do I need to know? Lord, change me. What do I need to see? Lord, your will be done. Where are you headed in life, Lord? I'm telling you, it'll be life-altering. Prayer becomes fundamentally blah the moment we define it as it's all about what I can get. When you give that up and go, Lord, it's all about you being honored. Where do you want me to head? My heart's goal is R-A-P. I want to relate to you with all I have. I want to align with your will with all I've got. Unleash your power in me. I am ready to run with you. Power prayer. It'll change you. I'm telling you, get ready. It'll change you. Lord, I'm ready to go after you in a whole different way. As my dad where I relate and align and have power unleashed. All right. Number five. Notice it says here, uh, give us this day our daily bread. So give like it's God's to give. He owns it all. God owns everything. Lord, help me understand what your share plan is. Okay? Everything is yours. So what's the plan here? Give us. Notice this is corporate again. It's not give me. It's like we're all together in this. This is a great prayer statement for caring for the needs of those around you caring for the needs in the community and the poor and the fatherless and the widows caring for the needs within the church of those you see around you and and caring for your family and you give us lord help us to grasp this give us this day our daily bread daily bread like our fundamental needs our basics okay this isn't about lord i i appreciate the grand caravan but Porsche? That'd be nice. And like, it's not, please, Lord, just give me what's not needed at all. I'm just asking way above and beyond, but give me the basic needs. Hey, just notice at this point in time, they had to pray for daily food. Give us this day our daily bread. That's a big deal. Uh, They were praying for things that you and I never have to think about. We're more like, Lord, chilies or Cadoba? You know what I mean? 
Like we just don't have the same struggles that they have. And, and, and let's be careful. Uh, praying for daily needs is where it's at. Give us this day our daily bread. Well, give us some examples of needs. Uh, I would just throw these out there. A basic income, that is a need. Like, Lord, help me to be able to buy what's needed in this society to, to survive. Just a basic income. We're not talking over and above, but some basics and, and food and shelter and clothing. Those are basic needs. Uh, healthy friendships. Healthy friendships. Not just friendships, but healthy friendships. Friends that are leading you closer to God Almighty. And, and, and then also growth in Him. Those are great basic needs to be praying for and, and be looking out for. Lord, may we together be looking out for that. Uh, I just wrote a few quotes down here about praying for our needs. This is probably where we pray the most and probably where we actually need to pray the least. Uh, technically, God already has it under control and he knows where he's headed. Uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done kind of has it covered. Uh, so be careful. These are great moments to be sharing, but we can often get very selfish in the midst of it. Here's a few statements. Oswald Chambers. Uh, we have to pray with our eyes on God, not on our difficulties. With our eyes on God, not on our difficulties. Remember that thumb in the eye thing? Remember that? Where we take the thumb, we put it in your eye. All you can see is your thumb. If you hold it out here, you can see what's out in front of you, right? And so it's, it's Lord, keep the problem out away from me. May I see you and understand who you are. Oswald Chambers, same thing, a little more eloquent. Mine's keep your thumb out of your eye. His is his wording. All right, uh, Mark Driscoll. Come with your need, not your greed. It's a good phrase. Come with your need, not your greed. Well, what's the difference? Well, can you survive without it? Or are you actually just saying, boy, it'd be really nice and warm and fuzzy if. Come with your need, not your greed. Uh, Martin Luther. Prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance, but laying hold of his willingness. Let that settle. Prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance, his unwillingness, but laying hold of his willingness. It is literally, Lord, I know you want to do great things. I want to lean in and trust you and watch you work. I'm leaning upon you. This is not something where you've got some big stingy ogre and you have to pound and pound and pound and repeat and repeat and repeat until he finally gives it to you. And that's not prayer. Life-altering prayer is, Lord, you're in charge. And may you be worshipped. And where you're headed, I'm not exactly sure, and I'm trusting in you. So I just ask you to think of it this way. You have a need. Think of what your need is. Whatever is going on in your life, like what is it you're struggling with? Okay. Give you a real moment. Okay, you got that thing. Now think of it as this. It's destination unknown. Have you ever been on one of those trips? Like you get in the van and the guy who's driving won't tell you where you're headed. We used to do these for youth group stuff. And and like, where are we headed? Not telling you. And now you get on the highway and you're like, oh, it's all road sign. Are we going over there? Are we going over here? Are we going down there? And then you go through another state. Whoa, we're in a new state. Where are we going? And destination unknown. I'm telling you, it's an exciting ride as you see what the solution is. It's amazing to see what God's doing. Watch him work. God's doing something big. Lord, where are you taking us? Lord, what are you doing here? And, and may I trust in you with all I have. I'm ready to see you honored in this and destination unknown. Not, hey, can you get out of the driver's seat? I want to take over. I know where I want to head now. No more destination unknown. See, that's not life-altering prayer. It's, Lord, you're in charge. You're in the driver's seat. I'm trusting you. You show me where we're headed. I'm leaning on you. That's what it looks like. To trust in him. So eyes fixed on him, not on the destination, not on the problem. All right? Next one. Seek restoration through repentance and forgiveness. Seek restoration through repentance and forgiveness. Notice he says here, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And let that phrase settle. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. If this doesn't send shivers down your spine then I don't know what will. Forgive us as we have forgiven. Notice it's have forgiven, like past tense. So Lord, treat me as I've treated other people. Now, this is two believers. This is not talking about salvation here, okay? But there is an impact. There is a cost. There is a consequence of living in sin. 
And choosing to not forgive, choosing to rebel against, choosing to stand against what God asks does come with him saying, my manifold presence is actually at the moment being withheld. The glory I would reveal to you, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, is being withheld. There is a loss of opportunity in relationship with him. And, and God's literally saying, I'm telling you that stuff hurts you. You're hurting yourself. You end up with these waves of bitterness running through you. You end up with an absolute misunderstanding of God's almighty forgiveness of you. He's saying, as you are forgiven, so be forgiving. And you'll be amazed at how that expression out is you beginning to learn more and more of me and me being able to pour on to you. It does hinder your relationship to say, thanks, and now I'll do it my way. Like, thanks for the grace, and I appreciate the salvation, and I'm going to try to walk that fence line where I rip your grace off. That doesn't work. And there is penalty in it. It's not a loss of salvation, okay? We're very clear in that. Romans chapter 18, we just went over it a couple weeks ago. Nothing's going to separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus, okay? We have that confidence of salvation, but I'm telling you this, there can be a hurt relationship in the midst of it. Be careful. Is there somebody you need to be forgiving and releasing? Somebody where you need to let God manage the problem, not you? Something where you need to say, Lord... I'm ready to let this go. I'm going to live with a forgiving spirit and maybe even needing to pursue them and say, hey, can we talk through some things? Maybe it's in your home. Maybe it's with a brother or sister. Maybe it's with parents. Maybe it's outside the home. Look, it's time to experience forgiveness with one another. The Almighty has given us the greatest of examples. May we follow his lead. Amen. That's what it's about. Make sure you find relationships you can be going after and and just loving on them and, and live in a forgiving way. And as there's repentance and removal and being completely forgiven in it, what a great opportunity to show God's greatness in your relationship. All right. Notice verse 14. He covers it just a little more. Verse 12 and 14 are tied together. If we forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, uh, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, it's heavy stuff. Let's not live where we say, God, your grace is all I need. I'm forgiven. I'm heaven bound. So I get to do whatever I want now. And that that's not what's taught in scripture. Okay. There is a great loss and life altering prayer is when we get real about what God calls us to. Lord, your holiness, Lord, your forgiveness, Lord, your will, Lord, your way. I'm willing to follow you. That's what it looks like. And all of God's people said, man, we got to be on that. Let's make sure we go after it with all we have, okay? Speaking of holiness, last one. Trust him for daily holy living. Trust him for daily holy living. Notice he says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The word lead means to go ahead of, to prepare the way, to cut the wake, if you like boating, right? To get out ahead of you and make it easier for you to head in a direction. He is leading you. Lord, lead me. I'm willing to watch you. I'm willing to be trained by you. Where are you headed? And make sure, please, Lord, that it's not into temptation. I want to be so away from the sin and the lack of holiness. I'm willing to let it go. Deliver me. The word deliver, it means to release, to break the bonds of, to protect you from. Deliver me from evil, the stuff that's against God. Lord, may I be about the things that are about you, and may I be against the things that are against you. That's what he's talking about, to lead and deliver. Uh, Lord, here's my struggle. Where do you want me to go? How do you want this done? Lead me, direct me. So let's just close it with this. Life-altering prayer has this in it too. Four ways that God leads. Number one, the Bible with promise. Okay? The word of God will absolutely clearly direct you. Trust in his word. You want to be leaded and delivered and guided? Follow his word. Never will God contradict his scripture. Never. How often will he contradict? Never. Follow his word. 
Make sure his word is used first and foremost. Okay? Bible with promise. Number two, uh, godly friends who give biblical counsel. Like friends who know the Bible. Like if I'm lost, maybe somebody else can lead me to the word and where I need to be. And, and the Bible and the Bible. Those are number one and two, right? Get me to friends who know the Bible. And, and then number three, uh, open and close doors. Circumstances will lead you. Okay, and it'll be obvious. God will slam some doors closed and like, well, that's apparently not where God wants me. It's not opening that door and and look for open and closed doors. Okay, and uh, quite frankly, love those closed doors. You've heard me say this a lot. If you've been around for a while, closed doors guide well. Oh, I guess I can't go there. I guess he doesn't want me there. Right. Closed doors. Big deal. And then the last one is internal conscience. Like what really touches your gut? What's leading you inside? Okay. I'll just tell you, most people go for life altering prayer and they're like, number four, just what I feel. Uh, that's where I'm headed is just gut feel. And, and I'm telling you, you can be so misled. Jeremiah 17, right? The heart is deceitful above all things. Watch out. Don't just go for gut feel. Word of God first. Friends in the word of God second. Open and close doors third. Then the gut feel can come in last. Let God lead and deliver you through prayer. Lord, I'm ready, ready to bring it to you. Where do you want me to go? All right? So I got one last request for you just in summary. Your God has told you to call him dad. So my request for you is this. This week, seriously, spend a little bit of time in prayer throughout each day, right? Just saying, Lord, I want to call you dad. Start it out, just like Jesus did. Hey, Dad. And, and for those of you who have been around church for a long time and you're like, I'm sorry, this has given me the willies. I'm a little more uptight than that. Just say it this way then. Hey, Dad, Tim told me to. And, and so I'm just following the word this week. And, and just get used to it, though. Hey, Dad, in heaven. Right? Follow it up. It's the casual relationship and the unbelievable power and authority of God over it. Hey, Dad, who rules over everything? You are awesome. Start your prayer that way. Consider life with dad that way. And watch God move. Life-altering prayer. This is Jesus' recipe. May we go after it with all we have, all right? Let's pray.